1: This podcast is brought to you by. No
2: one.
1: Get my gloves and steering wheel. Gloves. Mark, ah, gloves. Steering wheel. Gloves and steering wheel, yeah. Hey. Hey. Steering wheel. Somebody tell him to give it to me.
2: Come on, move. On the show today, we recap my start of season predictions, what's going on with Daniel Ricciardo and look at the top five pit stop stuff ups in F1 history as well as your state of the week and more. But first, we need to hand the mic over to a man. A man that is packing so much he could make love to the Statue of Liberty while using the Eiffel Tower as a French tickler. That man is David Croft. Take it away, Crofty. It's lights
0: out and away we go.
1: Once a week, one man emerges from the pit lane to deliver all the news, discussion and results of Formula One. Well... That time has arrived. Sit back, relax for the Park It in My Fermé show. Here
2: is your host, Caldi. That is right, ladies and gentlemen. It is your main squeeze. Cooly, a.k.a. the Potamus, and I've been lurking in the shallows of the watering hole looking for some of that good, juicy Formula 1 nutrients, and I've found some delightfully delicious tales to tell you today. Before we start, though, what the hell is that? Oh, phew. Oh, it's just my Fermi. So why not just park it on up in there as it is the parking in my Fermi show, the show that talks all things Formula 1, all the news, discussion, opinions, results, love triangles, and more. But we are at episode number 42, and if you've missed any of the episodes, you know what you need to do. You know where you need to go. It's the number one website on the internet, parkitinmyferme.com. It's bigger than YouTube. It's bigger than Google. It's almost as big as Pornhub. But it's the place to download all the episodes. Better yet, you don't want to be that weirdo that isn't listening to the episodes as they come out. We'll look down at the podcast listening app right now. Make sure you've caressed that subscribe and follow button. Yes, that's it. Talk dirty to it. Gently touch it. Well, not too hard, not too hard. Okay, a little bit harder now. Yeah, that's the spot. Hit that button right away. You want more? You want more? (laughs) I don't blame you one bit. Head over to the socials at Parkin'InMyFirmA on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Slide into the DMs. I'll be sitting back, arms wide open. Ready to catch you, hold you tight, make sure you're snug, safe and sound. But enough mucking around, what are we going to be talking about today? How about the troubles of Daniel Ricciardo going over the start of the year predictions to see if I'm still on track and looking at the top five pit stop stuff-ups in Formula One history and much, much more, of course. But grab a glass of vino, put your feet up and relax because it's time for the news news, 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 news. Coldy, Formula One news, pocket in my Ferme, Formula One news. It's the pimp news, pimp news. Didn't steal this, it's definitely the pimp news, pimp news, pimp news. Coming through your ears right now. Pocket in my firm Formula One news, pimp news, yeah. That's right, it is pimp news time. And we're going to start, well, first of all, whistle man, come on, you don't have to don't have to sit back and wait for me to introduce you. Just jump on in. Okay, we're going to talk flexi FlexiWin because it is still going on. Still a discussion point with Red Bull getting the flexi win fitted on their cars. And Mercedes not too happy about it. They've protested it. The FIA are looking into it. They are dragging their feet and they probably won't make a decision on it for some time. But will the stewards in Baku... Allow the flexi rear wing if it's too dangerous for the sport. Ross Braun has some thoughts. He said, I think the FIA have been pretty consistent with their approach. I'd be amazed if the stewards go against the opinion of the FIA. I think this is probably flexi rear wing version number 27 in Formula One history. One person's view of it being too flexible is another person's view of it being okay. And that's why we have the tests. If you put the mechanism in there or a hinge in there, I agree that's not correct. But within the normal compliance of the structure, I don't see a problem. See, I tend to agree. They can't make a ruling this quickly to change the entire landscape of the 2021 season. Uh, But there's no way they're going to ban it for this weekend. I think Baku, Red Bull are going to be absolutely fine with that rear wing. Nothing to worry about there. But what do you guys think? Let me know over on the socials because we're going to be moving on. Lewis Hamilton is worried that if Mercedes continue their ways, that they will struggle against Red Bull this season. He said, I told you at the start of the year. that Red Bull have got a championship winning car and they're going to be very hard to beat, Hamilton said. I've been serious about it all year and we've won races which we shouldn't have won, like in Bahrain, but it's not over. There's a long way to go, but we can't afford another weekend like this. Talking about Monaco. I'm grateful I've finished and got some points. Fastest lap. Every point you get on a bad weekend like that can hopefully count towards something at the end. Mercedes technical director James Allison said the mood in the team was lower than a snake's belly on Sunday night. And called the the entire race a screw-up. Now I 100% agree. It was a a shambles for Mercedes. Bahrain was a fluke. They only won that because of track limits. Imola wasn't great either with Bottas struggling in the wet, Hamilton going off as well. Although he fought back amazingly, he struggled in those conditions all race long. And Monaco, well, that was an absolute clusterfuck. Bottas actually had some pace. We keep saying Mercedes had a bad weekend. Bottas was great. crew was not. 43 hour pit stop No 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 You're not going to win a race doing that And Hamilton just couldn't find pace at all Then the strategy just was not Was not there So I agree Mercedes are in big trouble I said it at the start of the year And you're going to hear it in my predictions Hopefully soon I said Mercedes Won't win this year They'll come second to Red Bull But I still think Sir Lulu Is uh, a chance to win it all Definitely well, we'll see how I went with my predictions. Mercedes are the empire that can do no wrong. But some cracks are starting to appear. Is the Mercedes dominant era coming to an end? Let me know your thoughts over at the socials at Park it In My mate, on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. That does it for the news. At the start of the year, I made my predictions, my calls for the year. Well... We are now five races into the 2021-23 race season. We need to look and see how we are going, whether or not we are on track, or if I just have no idea what the hell I'm talking about. We covered four areas, the Drivers' Championship, the Constructors' Championship, the Rookie of the Year, and the biggest shock in F1 in the F1 season. Well, let's start with the Drivers' Championship and take a listen back to my prediction and see where I'm at with that with the big granddaddy of them all the drivers championship the drivers world championship take that russia i think it's obvious who gets the number one spot and that's uh, lewis lewis hamilton will win the 2021 drivers world championship and get his eighth world title it will be a clear win and he will win almost every race for this year chuck him in the fantasy team i don't care how much he costs but i don't believe it will be smooth sailing for mercedes though Second on the Drivers' Championship will be Max Verstappen, Maxi Boy, with Sergio Perez finishing third. Now, Red Bull will sort out all their reliability issues. I'm telling you that. And one of those issues was Alex Albon. But now Perez and Verstappen will lead the charge, and Bottas will struggle to keep up as these guys raced him too hard and get the 2 3 most weekend. So instead of being sick of the ham bot, the every podium. You will be annoyed at the ham ver pur. And that kinda sounds like hamburger. And now I'm hungry. Tipped Hamilton to win it all just ahead of Verstappen. And I'm sticking with that tip. Although Verstappen has the lead and will probably have a lead after Baku as well. He is still the favorite for me to win it all, Hamilton. With the consistency, it will be Mercedes just punching in those good performances over and over. Whereas it's more than it's more of an all or nothing. of thing with max although he and red bull have improved over the years i feel like max will start with the dnfs soon enough moving on constructors championship let's take a listen next prediction the constructors championship now i'm not going to go into this in too much detail because i'm breaking the teams down a little bit later on today and on the next episode but look i think it'll be tight like real tight tight like a toy gun I think Red Bull edge out Mercedes. Yes, you heard me there. Red Bull edge out Mercedes. And it comes down to the last race of the season. See, I think Bottas struggles. As I said, and Mercedes don't finish on top. McLaren will round out the top three and get that third. So I'm predicting Red Bull edging ever so slightly. Like a couple of points, last race over Mercedes. And then a bit of a gap down the third where McLaren, Danny Rick, and Lando Norris are chilling. Tipped Red Bull ahead of Mercedes despite the Hamilton Championship. Not too sure about this one. But Red Bull are ahead of Mercedes on the Constructions Championship right now. So we are on pace still to do that. I thought Perez would be bringing it a lot more and be a lot more successful than Valtteri Bottas. But it isn't the case. Not so far. He just can't get it right at this moment. Now... It looks like Red Bull car is designed for Max, and anyone that is in that number two is just praying that they can get enough to keep their seat. So far though, I'm in a great position for this one and I'm sticking with my pick. First two, easy predictions and staying true to it. Red Bull for the Drivers' Construction Championship, uh, Constructors' Championship and Hamilton for the Drivers' Championship. Easy peasy, lock them in. Moving on, Rookie of the Year. Now, this one's between Mick Schumacher, Nikita Mazepin, and Yuki Tsunoda. Now, let's take a little listen to my pick. The time for the Rookie of the Year. Now, I'm not including Fernando Alonso. All right, and this is... he is He's that young driver that was around when the dinosaurs, and he ain't no fucking rook. But the three I'm looking at is Tsunoda, Schumacher, Mazepin. To me, this is fairly obvious. I think point-wise... Sonoda wins, beats the other two easily, hands down. However, I'll be a little more thorough in my assessment because clearly a lot of that will have car-based performance over driver talent. That being said, yeah, Sonoda will still get Rookie of the Year in my eyes. The guy in F2 was a beast. I think the results will speak for themselves, and he will shock a few people in a few races. Just not, just not you guys, of course, because you've got Uncle Coley giving you the facts. Sonoda, forced to be reckoned with. Better than Schumacher, rookie of the year. Better than Muzzlebin, titty grabber, rookie of the year. Schumacher will get to a good level. Don't worry about that. I mean, will he be as good as Mick? Don't know. Well, Michael so, because he is Mick. Will he be as good as Michael? Just don't know, because that's a pretty tall ass and a lot of pressure to put on a kid. But I think he will, he will still be a very, very solid driver. It will just take him a couple of seasons I reckon and I hope he gets opportunities and Mazpin will always have a seat as long as daddy has cash. But will it translate to success? I'm not sure. I don't think so. Look, I'm sticking with it. Obviously the car will get better results but Schumacher is holding his own. I think uh, Sonoda is too erratic. A bit of a loose cannon but I'm excited to see him once he hits his strides. Just like I am with Schumacher, gets into a half decent car as well. Mazepin can bugger off though, um, but again, I'm sticking with it. At this stage, I would say Sonoda has been more impressive. Although in the last few races, I can see huge improvements in Schumacher, and Sonoda seems to be dropping off. So, can see myself losing that, but so far, give it a tick. We are going along nicely here. Three from three. Now, this is where it's going to get interesting. The wild card. The biggest shock in F1 for 2021 season. Take a listen. Now, the last thing we need to talk about is the biggest shock of the season. The big surprise that's going to happen. Well, here we go. You sitting down. Now, if you have any heart conditions or a pacemaker or if you're pregnant, please, please be careful. Please sit down, have a glass of water, because I think George Russell finishes a race in the top five this year. I know. I know. I'm shocked too. I'm shocked. Amazed. Because can you imagine the shirtless Instagram pics if he actually gets a top five? or a podium? Ooh, a win? Oh my gosh, my pants are tight and I'm a little excited. yeah i'm not too sure about that a lot would need to happen on the on an apocalyptic scale a biblical scale in order for this to occur look we will keep an eye on it for sure but yeah i can't see that happening would be very happy if russell got just a single fucking point let alone a top five so to recap three from four on the predictions they are still well technically all four are still alive but what do you guys think? Do I have a chance to go four from four? Hit up the socials and parking in my on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Would love to hear what you guys predicted at the start of the year and how you guys are tracking so far. I, I mean, I bet you none of you predicted Ferrari would be back on track, not not to the level they're on. They are looking very, very good. <laughs> but enough of that because it's time for your stat of the week. I'm a stat man. Formula One stat man. Call a stat man, yeah, stats, uh, I'm a stat man, oh yeah, oh yeah, stat time, yeah, oh, so much stats, so many stats, I don't know if this intro is even long enough, there's that many stats, uh, stats, 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 yeah, ooh, so many stats, uh, I'm a stat man, well, 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 it is time for your stat of the week. I am a stat man and I've got a good one. It's coming out of that Monaco Grand Prix weekend. It's called the Hamilton Carlos Sainz Curse. All three of Carlos Sainz's podiums have seen Lewis Hamilton finish seventh. What? All three of Carlos Sainz's podiums have also seen a red ball win the race. What? With Lewis Hamilton finishing seventh, that's his three worst results since Germany 2019. Look, short, sharp, and shiny. How's that for your stat of the week? He's a stat man. Ooh, that was a good stat. It was okay. Yeah, such a good stat. Such a such a good stat. You know it was. He's a stat man. Hey, let's go on with the show. Cool, is pretty cool. Yeah. Okay, we need to talk about something here. You see, sports stars need to have a certain attribute to succeed. But there is one attribute we seem to miss when talking about the greats, the greatest of all times. We always talk about their drive, their passion, determination, desire, competitiveness. How good was the last dance documentary with Michael Jordan? But what you take away from it was MJ was just he, he was just a bit of a dick. Could ball better than anyone, but he would push everyone to the limits. So Lewis Hamilton has that. He's just flat out dominating, crushing it over the past decade. He has the drive, the determination and competitiveness. All the greats do. But yes, Hamilton was a bit of a dick. Schumacher. Big dick. Huge dick. Massive schlong. But there's one thing that we never mention. It's adaptability. It's an athlete's ability to change their game or focus when they need to. It's reacting to the opposition when they change their defensive style. It's reacting to FIA regulation changes and learning to drive a car all over again. Who remembers back in 2010 when LeBron James became the villain of the NBA and teamed up with Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh They went to four finals in four years, won two of them, and I think LeBron even won two MVPs as well. They dominated. It was a success. They won 23 games in a row at one stage. But does anyone remember their first year together? They started the season horribly, losing multiple games in a row, being well and truly under 500, and eventually blowing a 2 0 lead to the Mavericks in the NBA Finals. They needed to adapt. If they didn't, they would suffer and probably never win a championship together. There is an F1 driver going through that same thing at the moment. Daniel Ricciardo. Took the move from Renault to McLaren and people expected results immediately because he's had a pretty good year in Renault and now seems to be struggling in comparison at McLaren. But is he though? What's the golden rule in Formula 1? The only way to measure how well someone is doing is to compare them to their teammate. Because there is such an importance on the car, the only way we can truly measure how someone is doing is by comparing someone that is driving the same car as them. Lando Norris is the golden child at McLaren. So young and signing a multi-year deal, Zach Brown and the team have made it clear that Norris is the future at McLaren. But how is Lando Norris going against Danny Rick this season? You see, Danny Rick at Renault beat his teammate to a pulp in the head-to-head. Esteban Oca, who can drive and is quietly having a great season with Alpine, struggled last year. Daniel got multiple podiums in a Renault and out his teammate in all but one race. Okay, let's look at this year. The car is quicker than what it was last year. Going from the Renault to McLaren, but it's completely different. You have limited off-season testing, a shortened preseason, and only five weekends so far to master a completely different car. To then be compared against your teammate who has driven the same car for two years. Oh, and by the way, you're, you're still beating him in the head-to-head for qualifying three races to two. Noah should be beating Daniel in every race. He has the car experience, but we put this expectation on Ricardo because of his pay, because of what he usually does at Monaco, because he is older, more accomplished, a race winner, and the Honey Badger. We need to remember we are five races into a 23-race season. Daniel Ricardo feels great in the car. He is just pushing it to the limits. He is learning where those limits truly are, and he will bounce back. It might just be my Australian bias creeping in. Probably. But are you going to tell me he is down and out for the entire season in a McLaren that has proven to have the pace with a driver of his calibre? Daniel Ricciardo is LeBron James. The McLaren car is Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosch. They're just learning how to operate together. They're just getting started. Daniel is adapting. It's time for another Cody's. Top 5. Yeah, Gordy's Top 5 to celebrate the monumental cock-up 43-hour pit stop by Mercedes in Monaco. We are going to look at the top 5 pit stop cock-ups in F1 history. And look, as much as I want to add that one to the list, I I can't, not yet. There were way more fuck-ups in the pits than that. So many more. Getting a nut busted is the least of a team's worries in the pits compared to these from tyres not being ready to an entire pit crew sitting watching TV and the driver waiting on them to start the stop. So, before we get started, we need to have a look at some honourable mentions. 2016 Monaco, Daniel Ricciardo comes into the pits. Must have been a last-second decision and the team were just not ready for him. As a result, Hamilton was able to take the lead in what was a pretty important season. Take a listen to the as the chaos unfolds.
0: Coming into the pits. Daniel Ricciardo, the race leader. Lewis Hamilton making his way into the swimming pool chicane now. They haven't got the tyres ready. Oh, on, the tyres aren't ready. Ricciardo is sat there waiting. Did he make the call? Did the team make the call? Whoever made the call, the tyres weren't ready. Super soft tyres going on. Hamilton now makes his way around Anthony nose, the final corner. Ricciardo put in a really decent lap, but is it going to be enough to come out of the pits and lead this Grand Prix? I'd rather get the feeling that it's going to be tight one here comes the Mercedes of Lewis Hamilton Hamilton takes the lead after a pit stop that saw Daniel Ricciardo sat yeah. stranded waiting for his tyres
2: honourable mention number two 1999 Europe Grand Prix the European Grand Prix Eddie Irvine pitted for Ferrari Um, yeah they only seem to bring out three tyres Despite Murray Walker saying they forgot the left rear, it was actually the right rear they forgot. Take a listen as that one unfolds.
3: Now Ferrari are ready for Eddie Irvine. And that looks like another set of slicks to me,
1: James. It is a set of slicks, absolutely extraordinary. When Salo came in a moment ago, they had both slicks and dries ready for it. They're not ready on the left rear. There's no tyre. I've never seen anything like it. Oh, I thought we had one when the race started, he's saying. Well, this is ludicrous.
3: This is now blown. going it. to have a committee meeting about it. Stick it on and send him out. Well, this has blown it for
1: Irvine, blown it for Ferrari. I don't know what's happened, but there was a major mal misorganization problem there.
2: And last of the honourable mentions, the Ferraris could do no wrong in the late 90s, early noughties, but this is a moment they want to forget. 2001 Malaysian Grand Prix, they double stack, which is always risky, especially if you forget the tyres for Rubens Barrichello and have Michael Schumacher sitting there in the soaking wet rain for over a minute while you work out what to do.
3: Michael Schumacher is parked up,
1: line astern behind the
3: Ferrari of Barrichello.
1: So you've seen Rubens Barrichello in the Ferrari there with Michael Schumacher, both of them together. Now they're fitting the Bridgestone monsoon tyres, I should think.
3: What on earth is going on down at Ferrari, James? They still haven't got any tyres on Barrichello's car. This looks like we had uh, uh, back in Nurburgring a year or so back, where they just do not appear to have any tyres
1: ready. Well, look at this. This this is a powerboat race. It's not a Formula One car race. As out of the out of out of the pits after one minute and twelve seconds goes Rubens Barrichello. One of my cliches is anything can happen in Formula One, and it usually does. But I.
2: Wouldn't have expected this. But enough fooling around. It's time for... Cody's Top 5. The Top 5 Pit Stop Cock Ups number 5. Something a little more recent. Now, I have this ahead of some of the others just because of how bizarre it was. 2021, Antonio Giovinazzi comes in for a tyre change, but Racing Car Jesus was left waiting as the teams went to change the tyres and realised that one of them was actually flat. Take a listen. What's, what's happening
0: down at Alfa Romeo? Have they brought the wrong tires out? Have they got an incomplete set? Rather well, looks like it. Antonio Giovinazzi waiting to be serviced uh, with a fresh set of tires.
3: I suspect they might be Raikkonen tires. Yeah, yeah. just there must be a set of Raikkonen tires that were going on it. Karun, you can see all this.
1: Yeah, I can. I mean, this is kind of like that Nürburgring race. You remember with Eddie Irvine, the mechanic just running round and round. He's finally on his way. But uh, I think you're right, guys. I think they, they were probably expecting the other car. Oh, that
3: was a puncture.
1: Oh, the front left. And then it's, it's they can't just change one because it has to match the, the compound and the rest of the set.
2: At number four, Monaco 2011, the rivalry between Vettel and Webber was one for the ages, although Seb got the better in terms of the results for World Championships. The pit crew did none of them any favours when they try a Red Bull famous double stack and forget the tyres, and and, and for whom? And also struggle getting the tyres out of the tyre warmers. (laughs) How embarrassing.
3: And what's this then? This is tyres that are not ready to go on. There was a blanket on the right front. So unusually, we see a mistake from Red Bull in a pit stop. I'll tell you, Martin, that's obviously a late call. Sorry to come over you, but I can see that there was an an option out there. Mark Webber straight in as well into the Red Bull box, so more confusion as the tyres are coming out. They're carrying the tyres to the car, so he's losing a huge amount of time. And I wonder if they've got the right tyres on Vettel's car then. Were they expecting Mark Webber into the pit stop and not Vettel? So finally then, on a brand new set of the uh, soft tyres which is the harder of the two compounds
2: and uh, so a dreadful half minute for the Red Bull team. Number three, it's a famous Mercedes pit stop. It's one we've talked about a lot. 2019 Lewis Hamilton in Germany. Hamilton comes in last possible second after the front wing damage. The problem with doing this is that the team is not prepared and in the chaos of getting the front wing repaired, they kind of of forgot the tyres. Take a listen to this incredible 50-second pit stop. And I think Lewis Hamilton's gone off as well, but he's carried on.
0: He's lost his front wing, hasn't he? There's damage to the front wing, certainly. Hamilton went off at exactly the same spot. As you can see, managed to keep going. Our race leader now into the pits needs a new front wing. Valtteri Bottas takes the lead of this race. They weren't ready
3: for him. They weren't expecting him. They didn't know it happened. They had no
0: idea that it's happened. Well, they weren't ready for him because he's only come in because of that accident. And I think now they're going to look to get Maybe intermediate tyres on as well. They're he- scrambling around all the while Lewis Hamilton's losing out. Bottas takes the lead. Verstappen now goes into second place. Holkenberg has just pitted again and moves up into third place whilst they still work on the car of Lewis Hamilton, who was cruising, it seemed, out in front. But in one split second, Leclerc goes and Hamilton's chances of victory looks like they're going as well. They've got to make sure they get the right
3: tyres on it. They're not Bottas's tyres, for example. We've got a mixture of tyres on that car at the moment. And now we got Inters back on it now. That's what they're doing. They're changing the, change their mind on the tyres. And, of course, when you've got to change the nose, you can't use the front jack because the
2: front jack jacks, to, uh, jacks up on the nose itself. Number two on... Caldee's Top 5. That's right. Caldee's Top 5 pit stop cock-ups. 2007 Canada. Oh, this one's unbelievable. Anthony Davison for Super Aguri F1 Racing comes into the pits. Um, The only problem was his team was too busy watching TV back in the pits. The shock on their faces when they realize is just sitting there in the pits, waiting for his team to come out. But the thought, this is what I love, the thoughts of what is going through Anthony Davison's head while sitting there. And literally, not one of his pit crew are out there assisting with the stop. If you can, if you can find the footage of it online, just go to YouTube, look it up. It is truly remarkable. But here's the audio.
3: Anthony Davidson is up to third for Super Aguri. In uh, he's kept his car very much on the track. Anthony Davidson in the Super Aguri. Comes Nobody's the there. No one's there waiting for him. <laughs> a bit of a surprise pit stop there. Whether he's got a problem, we don't know. Running at P3, the team weren't expecting him. And uh, whether he just misheard a radio call or what, clearly,
2: that is not a scheduled stop. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. And the number one pit stop cock-up in Formula One history has to be Mercedes 2020 Bahrain Secure Circuit. George Russell is racing for Mercedes and in a great position to win the race as well. But Lewis, home with the Rona, must have been on the radio telling them to make sure Instagram shirtless god doesn't look too good. Well, Mercedes went from the famous double stack. They put Bottas's tyres on Russell's car. No, 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 can't do that. And sent Bottas out with the exact same tyres. Then had to re-pit George Russell to change the tyres again. It was a complete cock-up. And to make matters worse, Russell then got a flat tire and needed to pit again. He was able to earn his first ever points in Formula One, but was in a great position to win the whole race. Take a listen to the chaos that happened there.
0: This is George Russell coming in behind the safety car for his first stop. And there's lots- very, very long. Yeah. The crew having to adjust. Lots of tires hanging around there. The, The call was obviously made late, uh, it's a 2.2 mile circuit. Oh, some horrible confusion going on there, isn't there? And then I think now they've realized that there is a problem and they might have sent Valtteri back out on the same tyres. Someone's come out from the garage saying, no, can't put those tyres on. you just got you're to right. send them out with, with, the with same, what he had on before. You're right, they put the same ones back on. Because that, that, that was the lesser of two evils, otherwise yeah. he's going out with a mixed up tyre set as well. Yeah.
3: I think, I think the guy on the left front can probably see that they've got
0: George Russell, GR, on them rather than VB or something. All the while, those brakes getting very, very hot indeed. So this is so un-Mercedes-like, isn't it?
2: That was. Coldy's top five. Coldy's top five biggest cock-ups in pit stop. History. What do you guys think? Did I miss out on any? I think I got them all. Well, if I have, you know what to do. Head over to the socials at in my MyFermade, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Let me know. Don't be shy. Don't be shy. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that is gonna do it for another episode. Episode 42 is in the bags. But we can't rest on our laurels. We we they're a great place to rest. We can't do it. We've got to race this weekend, here, Baku. Oh, yes, we are on the road to Baku. No, I don't have a jingle lined up, but make sure you've hit that subscribe button or follow button on your listening device because you don't want to miss the predictions, all the predictions. We race, we run through. Oh, we race through? We can race through it as well. But we run through everything that's actually going to happen next weekend. It's going to be a monumental one. Will Leclerc say that he is stupid once more? Oh, I hope so. Oh, I I, I hope so. But make sure you stick around, parkinofmyfermate.com if you've missed out on any episodes. But as always, thank you for listening.
1: Thanks for listening.
2: Network.